You're listening to Your Token POC, and this is your microaggression of the week, a segment submitted by you, the listeners, on the daily absurdity that is being a person of color. Um, from our lovely anonymous Asian American submitter, the roommate of someone I was seeing once called Miyoko because they have to stop playing their hockey video games when I got there. Yoko means, like, but Yoko Ono, you know, like John Lennon's partner. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. that <laughs> that's rich. Oof. What? I don't even understand where they come up with this stuff. Honestly, like truly, white people are. We can talk about that. We can talk about that later. But anyways, welcome again. This is your token PLC. I am Kyla. Um, otherwise known as Michonne from The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I am Canela. Um, I am also known as Selena's Busti Caca. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so let's break down this microaggression of the week a little bit, shall we? I guess we can. Um, first of all, I, I feel like this microaggression is definitely based on the fact that white people think that all... Asian people look the same. This is definitely true. This is true. And we mentioned this in the last episode. And if y'all need a refresher, of course, you can always go back and and, and, and catch up. Catch us on Spotify. We're we're finally on Spotify. Spotify, Apple Music, Switcher, Switcher. Anchor, anywhere you get podcasts. That's where we are. Absolutely anywhere you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. And make sure you subscribe, please, because we love getting your feedback. But anyways... We're going to mix it up a little bit this week, and we're actually going to explain the microaggressions and why they are wrong, just because we feel like, you know, some people give some feedback. Not everyone knows, and that's okay. We're all doing our own process. We are. We are. Yeah. So let's let's talk about it a little bit, the exotification of Asian folks that is happening in this comment. First of all, I'm not really sure or certain as to why the first person that popped into your mind was Yoko for this description of this person. I I mean, I do know why, but also it's like you knew her name. And also for context, just for context, listeners, Mm -hmm. Yoko Ono, the reason there's like a big trope about her in general is because it's the intersection we love that, mm-hmm. of misogyny and racism right there. Well, so, there you said lots it. of people blame her for breaking up the Beatles because John, you know, he, he got with her, mm-hmm. and they say after that the Beatles weren't the same, they broke up, yada yada. That's it. But it's also not her fault at all. No. He had his own autonomy in that decision. Mm-hmm. We know this. And we know when a white man makes a choice, he makes a choice. Oof. Yes, this is true. Well, they don't really have those outside pressures telling them to do things in the world. You well, know, like systems of oppression, force them into the weird positions. There you said it. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, yes. And the reason that this is problematic, perhaps, uh, to the roommate who called someone Yoko, mm-hmm. why are you calling your roommate's girlfriend anything? Why are you doing that? Why are you trying to do that? 
Why are you trying to be racist Why are you? to her? She wasn't bothering you. No. Y'all could have played your hockey video games after she left. That's pretty rich that they were playing a hockey video game out of all things, mm. though, if we're keeping it a buck and some change. I mean... I mean, you said it. I didn't. Okay. I mean, here, <laughs> I, I'm on the record. Hockey. Calling someone Yoko. If we're talking about stereotypes. If we're talking about stereotypes, who's, I mean... Who's what? doing what, is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Okay, so... This actually, you know, sets up this episode for the week pretty well. Yes, sabes. Since mm-hmm. it is around Valentine's Day. It is. You know, day of love, day of celebration. Day of love. You know, what are you doing for Valentine's Day, uh, Kyla? Well, um, as a single Pringle, I am probably going to be in my bed watching Netflix. I might catch up on the Valentine's Day episode of Big Mouth on netflix if y'all haven't watched it check that out please this is not a this is not a sponsorship at all i'm telling you this is a really good show maybe in the future though maybe in the future we're not saying no big mouth we're, we wanna not. Hit us up. <laughs> we're not saying no but most definitely i will probably be doing that what, what about you canelo what are you doing i might be doing a palentine's day celebration you should come through oh that's right palentine's day palentine's you have day. the invite if y'all don't know what Valentine's Day is, it's it's basically where a bunch of single people, and sometimes not always single, like they can be in a partnership with someone, yeah, mm-hmm. they're in a partnership with someone, but they say, you know what, why don't I spend this day with my friends, the people that are with me through thick and thin, and celebrate our love for each other. And boom, there you go. Palestine's Day. Platonic love. It's beautiful. It it's is, a beautiful it thing. It's, it really is. It really is. Your network, your chosen family. Sabes, that's really important for us. Cierto, yeah. Peace to Oh, love that. We love it. All right. But yes, anyways, for this week, we're going to be talking about what it is to be dating as a person of color on this campus and in the world. You know, we're trying to expand yes. our reach. We're not just trying to talk about Tulane, but mm-hmm. these are very applicable examples to your everyday life. Yes, because I know the people who've told me these things, it's not just a Tulane, let me tell you. Hmm. All right, so why don't we start with a little story that I have. Cheeky little story. A little story. A little story. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, as a Latinx person, oftentimes... I feel like there's this stereotype that follows me around. Mm-hmm. That of the, uh, y'all may have heard it, the spicy Latina. Well. And we're going to not gender it because I am, you know, I said in the previous episode, I'm non-binary, mm-hmm. Latinx. I am femme. But, yes, the trope of the spicy Latinx. Mm-hmm. First of all, why they always refer to us as food, but we'll get into that <laughs> later. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So, I was on a date, you know, a center date. After, like, a rough breakup with this person, Mm -hmm. and it was chill. You know, she was there. She seemed nice. She was a rapper. Well. Um, She had one song on SoundCloud, but that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to use her real rap name, because that might implicate me. Right. Things I don't want to be implicated in. (laughs) Hope she's successful in her life. Um, But anyway, she comes over, and we're talking. And it's chill. Like, I think she's really nice. She's, like, a fellow POC not Latinx, but a fellow POC, you know, right. like, this is going to be chill, like, we're transcending stereotypes, right. we're, you know, going above and beyond, uh-huh. I was wrong, uh-huh. I was malinformed, so she, you know, we get down to the, yes, obviously, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she, she looks at me, and she goes, hey, so you speak Spanish, and I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I speak Spanish. It's my first language. What's up? And she's like, mm, can you call me like daddy? Wow. But in Spanish. And I am, I'm there. I'm sitting there perplexed because I'm like, this can't be happening. This, this can't be happening because this has happened before with white men and I've like expected it. I prepared for it. I've emotionally, I've said my prayers to Jesus, you know, I've said all the things. Oh I know this, but uh, no, <laughs> it's a birth of color sitting there, you know, and it's supposed to be cute and queer and tender and it's not. Wow. She's like, call me daddy, but in Spanish. I'm like, papi? She goes, yeah, that. Wow. And she, she didn't get the hint when I was like, uh, no. And she, she, she like went on in the day. She's like, can you talk to me in Spanish? Can you read to me? And I'm like, the only book I have in here, just to like, you know, just to be rude at this point, because I'm upset. Just to be rude. I'm like, I only have a political science here. She's like, can you read that? She wanted me to read Kyla. She wanted me to read this political science textbook to her, but in Spanish. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Not political science. To say the least, we we are not dating currently. Oh my we did not go goodness. on a second date. We it just didn't happen after that. I made a finsta post, I got over it. We dealt. We dealt. Wow. But maybe I don't know, should I dissect this a little bit? You you should. Break break this down for the people who don't understand why this is, as the publications say, problematic and controversial for us, please. Right, 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 right. So Okay, if y'all haven't heard of uh, Carmen Miranda, I don't know if y'all have heard of her. She's the, aka the banana lady, mm-hmm. you know, the really hot, like, Brazilian woman. She's actually not Brazilian, but I'll get into that later. Oh. She's supposedly Brazilian and shows up in the little Chiquita Banana commercial, mm-hmm. you know, the... Okay. I'm Chiquita Banana and I've come to say bananas have to ripen in a certain way. Yeah, that one, that one, exactly, exactly. And um, so that was a really globalized stereotype about Latin America for like a hot minute, especially during the 1920s, you know, when the U.S. decided they wanted to expand and be a quote-unquote good neighbor with a good neighbor policy. Thank you, U.S. You're a bad neighbor, but it'll... I guess we gotta thank you. Yeah. Uh, they expanded downward, so they wanted to make Latin America seem less scary and seem a little bit more enticing, uh-huh. a little more delectable. Yeah. And what better way to do that than to do it with the, the femme bodies, the women, mm-hmm. the food, the sights. So, Carmen Miranda sort of wrapped up all of that. And the problem with that is, not only is it just like exotifying and bad, first of all, Carmen Miranda was from Portugal. She's a white woman embodying what it is to be a Latina, which we're not going to get into. And secondly, the problem with that is just like, it's super anti-black and it's super anti-indigenous because there's a specific way that Latinx is supposed to be seen in the world. They're going to be sexy. And Mm -hmm. we know that it's not going to be Lupita Nyong'o, who was, you know, was born in Mexico. She is Afro-Latina for all intents and purposes. Exactly. We know it's not going to be the indigenous folks who were there first, no. Mm-hmm. It's going to be these very light-skinned types, these um, Shakira types, so to speak. Mm. So, that's the whole issue, you know. The exotification of Latinx people is not just bad to the light-skinned Latinxes it affects. It's bad to everyone on the continent. So, mm-hmm. that's the problem I have with it. Don't that's tell me to speak to you in Spanish. <sighs> I mean, I'm honestly not surprised, like, at this this whole anecdote. Like, I can see it happening 
more often times than not, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm surprised you don't get it more often, actually, than you do. Oh, I get it all the time. But I'm sure you can relate to that, though, Kyla, huh? In a sense. I mean, of course, the only language that people know that I speak fluently is English. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have to worry about anyone asking me to speak another language for them. Um, but, I mean, yeah. But there is this thing, and... Wow, this might be a little controversial for some of our listeners, so brace yourselves. Y'all be careful. Be careful. I'm going to say it. There's this thing with black femmes, black Mm -hmm. women's hair, that I do not understand why we... I I don't understand. I just don't understand it. I can't even express why I don't understand. But let me break this down for you. Mm -hmm. So there's this guy, and we weren't dating in any sense of the terms. We were not in a relationship. We were not courting each other Mm -hmm. in any form. But we were chilling. We were friends. I considered him a close acquaintance. Right. A close acquaintance. And we were just chilling one day, and then we were about to part ways. And he said... Now, for context, my hair was in braids. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, can I uh, touch your hair? And I was like, I'm sorry? What? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, can I just like touch your hair? Like, It just looks really cool. I'm like, uh, I, I don't know what to say. It's one of those things where you're like, how do I even maneuver around this? The fact that you just asked to touch my 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 body, and I'm just like, I don't. I'm frozen in this instant. Mm-hmm. This is not a. This is not something that's happened to me only once. This has happened to me several times, especially and and it's really only happened to me since I've come to Tulane. If you're if we're being honest, I mean, I grew up in Mississippi. Mississippi has the largest black population by state, 38%, by the way. And so I feel like white people especially know how to navigate black spaces. Like, they know, okay, even when their hair is in braids, it's still hair. When their hair is an afro, it's still hair. When their hair is permed, it's still hair. So they don't have these questions. They might have questions, but they don't act upon these questions. But let me explain to you why it bothers me so much and why it bothers any black person to ask them to touch their hair. Okay. First of all, keep in mind that the fascination of black hair is not new. It's not, it's not something that just came up in present day. Don't believe that Solange all of a sudden released a song that said don't touch my hair and then all of a sudden black people were up in arms and saying none of you guys need to touch my hair da 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 no in slave times white women would often cut the hair off of their enslaved black women because it quote unquote confused white men so they would just cut the hair off now black women's hair has really served a huge significant, like it's been so significant in 
pretty much every aspect of their lives. Black women's hair used to be used to hold rice when they were hungry, when they were trying to escape, or when they were in the fields. Braided in certain ways, it'd be used to map, actually, escape routes. It's such a huge part of our culture and our heritage and our history that asking to touch it because you think it looks different it's almost not even exotification. It's like, am I an animal? Is this the reason you want to touch my hair because I'm different? And it's, it's exactly what it is. It's you reminding me for the upteenth time that I'm a different being than you. That I, we're not the same when we should be the same. So to end on this note, Please do not ask to touch my hair. Actually, Alexa, play Don't Touch My Hair by Solange Knowles. Don't touch my hair. Yeah, just don't touch it. And that's just that's just period on period. That's the end. Seriously. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like this episode is really important because ultimately what we're saying is we are not your exotic that's not what we are Mm -hmm. we're not here to consume i think that that's something that oftentimes femmes of color not specifically femmes of color but oftentimes femmes of color Mm -hmm. face uh in general it's the consumption of the white gaze Mm -hmm. when it comes to us in the romantic sphere Mm -hmm. right because oftentimes we're equated to food we're spicy we're exotic we're delectable we're this we're that but we're never something to be loved right. and to be cherished exactly. and to be claimed, right? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. You couldn't have put it in better words, actually. We're just body parts. We're we removed are. things, yeah. right? Property. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So keep in mind, we are not your spicy or ethnic cuisines. We're not the, uh, the thing you add to your bland-ass rice to make it a little bit better. <clears throat> Instead of actual seasoning. Oof, y'all colonized us for that though, right? Colonize everything but the seasoning. That's another episode. That's another episode. We won't go into that today. We won't go into that today. Mm-mm. We're also not a trope that you can use to impress your friends to say, oh, well, you know, in college, I, I hooked up with a couple of films of color, like, so that makes me not racist. And we're not coming to Thanksgiving to be with your families if y'all haven't prepped them. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes. All right. And that's the end. That is it. Yeah. So. Thank you so much, y'all, for listening to this episode. We are now, as we said before, on Spotify, on Apple Music, on what what else can now? Switcher, Switcher, on Anchor. We're on 10 different platforms. If you want to check us out, Make sure you subscribe to us on SoundCloud as well because yeah. we thank you so much. We've gotten almost 200 plays in yes. the past week alone. Yes. Week alone since launching this. 100 of those plays were within a day. That is absolutely incredible, y'all. We cannot be more grateful for y'all's support, for y'all's suggestions. Keep telling us what you want yes. from our content. We're very, we're new, obviously, so we would really like to make this as enjoyable as possible for our audience, our listeners, exactly. who make this all completely possible for us to do. Exactly. Thank you guys so much. You know where you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook, all at Your Token POC. 
Additionally, feel free and please, we implore you to send your microaggressions that you experience to yourtokenpoc at gmail.com along with any other questions or ideas that you might think would be a great addition to the podcast. Thank you again. Gracias, gracias. And remember, we see you, we hear you, we are you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.